Hallelujah. Immediately after our service, uh, don't don't get out too quick because I'm going to give everybody a short update about our building uh, program. I got a little bit uh, of some more information this past week, and uh, I was going to call a board meeting, but I know it's been a while since everybody has heard anything, and I thought it would be just good to um, uh, uh, get everybody involved because I know everybody wants to know what is going on and um, what... Uh, uh, what is happening, and so I just want to just to um, give everybody an update uh, after we get through this morning. If you love the Lord, say amen. amen. Hallelujah. I feel the presence of God in this house, and uh, God has been good to us. Hallelujah. Amen. Um, last week was uh, Father's Day, of course, and we did a message as we normally do uh, for special occasions, try to do a a message for fit in for Father's Day. So, but um, two weeks ago, I began a message dealing with the oneness of God uh, and how it differs with other beliefs uh, concerning God, such as the Trinity and uh, uh, Deism and different um, uh, things like that. Uh, I preached a message two weeks ago on um, uh, who is this Jesus uh, and. Um, I want to take it a little further today uh, and um, uh, to to better explain some things. Uh, we just kind of laid out a, a basic foundation about uh, what the Bible teaches about there is only one uh, uh, true and living God, and that's basically what we dealt with the last time. But we want to go a little bit further, and I want, I want to go ahead and cover this because I have a feeling... That uh, that we're going to be getting in some things to do uh, with the end time, uh, and uh, uh, man, I, I, I'll be so glad when we do get back in our own place. We get back on Wednesday night because there's a lot of there's a there's a lot of catching up I've got to do in the realm of teaching things that has happened in the last two years. That's got to do uh, with um, uh, the end time, and uh, I don't know. Uh, it's dependent on, on the Lord how He leads, but uh, you know we'll probably start off doing some teaching in Revelation the first thing because there's a lot happen. And um, I caught something that just happened. Some of you may know about, and uh, uh, I uh, I seen the video, and uh, and when I, when I seen it, uh, it just. Uh, it just brought it brought shivers up and down my spine. Uh, everybody knows what's been going on the last year or so with what the news media has dubbed the uh, uh, the Arab Spring, uh, and uh, beginning with Egypt, uh, these Arab nations has started one by one overthrowing their governments and the dictatorship that has ruled them for years and years. And as always, uh, our liberal uh, news media uh, just, you know, dancing around, oh, man, this is great, this is fantastic. Uh, and uh, they even dubbed it, you know, the, uh, the Arab Spring, and, man, this is great, all of these uh, uh, dictators are being overthrown. But... Uh, 
Some of you may remember when it started that I got up and under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, I said, these guys are stepping down and getting out of the way because the main one that's going to stand up and lead them to go against Israel is going to happen because of it. And um, the, uh, 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 the military in Egypt just gave up control to the new elected government in Egypt. Um, I can't pronounce his name, the guy's name. But I watched his acceptance speech, which happened uh, uh, last night. Uh, and, uh, and there they had the multitudes and the crowds. And um, I, I took part of that and I posted it on my Facebook account because this is word for word. See, the ones now whose control of Egypt is, uh, uh, is that Islamic Brotherhood. And they're out for one thing, the destruction of Israel. And his acceptance speech, I know this don't have to do with my lesson today, but I've got, I've got, I feel like I've got to tell you if you had, had, hadn't seen it. His expect, uh, uh, acceptance speech that went worldwide, he says, our capital is not going to be in Cairo our capital is not going to be in Mecca. He says our capital, capital by the grace of Allah will be in Jerusalem and we're going to have a million march of martyrs going into Jerusalem. That is the words that he said. He said there will be a million martyrs marching towards Jerusalem. Folks, we're down here. If we're at the end time, this thing is figured we're sitting on a powder keg and it's coming together. And what the Word of God has said will happen is happening right now. And people that we've got and loved ones and friends who is not saved in our family, I don't care what you've got to do. If you've got to fall down on your knees right in front of them and beg them to get saved, you better do it because Jesus Christ is soon to come. We are quickly approaching the battle of Armageddon. It's coming. And now right on Israel's border... This Islamic Brotherhood sent it out messengers to send millions of martyrs towards Jerusalem because he plainly said, and you go on there and you can see his speech yourself. He said, our capital will not be in Cairo, Egypt. Our capital will not be in Mecca. And if you know anything about Islam, you know Mecca is supposed to be their biggest holy place. He said, our capital is not going to be in Mecca. He says, our capital, by the grace of Allah, is going to be Jerusalem. And we're headed there. We're headed there. Folks, it is here. It is happening. You can forget about having 20 more years. We ain't going to have 20 more years. I don't think we're going to have 10 more years. I believe it's that quick, and I believe it's that soon. And we have got to get our minds focused on the Lord. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise right now, please. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We're going to go to um, uh, the book of Colossians today. And thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm, God, I'm all kind of stirred in my spirit right now by 
everything I just said, but hallelujah, we need to get into our word. Colossians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. We're reading from the New King James uh, text. It says, Beware, lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men and according to the basic principles of the world and not according to Christ. For in Him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are complete in Him who is the head of all principality and power. That is the reading of Colossians chapter 2, verse 8 through verse 10. Let us bow our heads and pray. Mighty God, as we come today, we thank you and praise you for this service you have given us so far. Thank you, Lord, for your spirit and everyone that is assembled today. Now, for the next few minutes of time, I'm asking for your anointing to rest upon me, God, to give me the word that you would have us to say today. In Jesus' name, let the church say, Amen. You can be seated. As I said a few minutes ago, two weeks ago, I began a message dealing with the oneness of God and how it differs with other beliefs concerning the being of God, uh, such as uh, the Trinity and Deism and different things like that. In the first message, I gave numerous scriptures from both Old and New Testaments proving there is but one Lord and one God. Jesus Christ was and is the image of the invisible God. Today I would like to show by Scripture how the offices of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost relate. Hallelujah. How it all relates to uh, uh, Jesus Christ and what His work was. And Jesus Christ being the God-man. And if I had a title for today's message, that's what I would title this message, Jesus Christ, the God-man. Jesus Christ, the God-man. Do you know, when you begin to try to make Jesus more than a man, that's what gets everybody so upset about Jesus. That's what gets everybody so upset about this message. They, a lot of people will say, yeah, he was a good man. He, some say he was a prophet. But when you start declaring his deity, as uh, the song that Brother Charles Shelton used to sing years ago, he was more than a man. It gets up people upset. It got people upset back in the first century. I told you the last time as I was ministering, that they, the Jews and the Pharisees at one point picked up rocks and stones and they was fixing to stone the Lord. And he stopped them and asked them, he says, for what good work that I have done do you want to stone me? And they said, not for a good work that we want to stone you, but you being a man, make yourself out to be God. You see, they understood well the message of what Jesus was trying to say. That's why he was crucified. That's why he was put to death. They said it was blasphemy of what he was saying. Hallelujah. 
and and today, like the Muslims and, and, and everybody else, I want you to know, folks, there is only one God, and His name is not Allah. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And we have... We who have received an understanding and a revelation of Jesus Christ and understand this, we need, amen, to proclaim it, amen, uh, uh, without being ashamed, amen, and declare that, yes, Jesus Christ is, is in fact, God. Now, uh, the way that I have broke this down today, and as I told you the first time, this is... This is mainly more teaching than preaching, really, because, yeah, I have to kind of slow down a little bit. But the first thing, I want to talk about two points today. I believe I'll have time to get these two points out. The first point I'm going to talk about is three positions, not persons. Three positions, not persons. Apostle Paul told the Colossian church to beware. Now, the dictionary says to the word beware means to be weary of or to be on your guard. That's what you will find if you look up that word in the dictionary, beware. It's something that you've got to be weary of or that you've got to be on your guard. Now, what are we to be on our guard about? Amen. There in Colossians 2 and verse 8, beware. What are we to beware uh, or be on guard about. Well, anyone attempting to cheat us through philosophy and empty deceit. Now, that's the New King James Version. The original King James, you, you'll recall, says, uh, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy or vain deceit. And um, a lot of times people uh, will take, uh, take that word spoil and they will apply the wrong connotation to it because that word word spoil there does not mean like something that you took out of the refrigerator and forgot to put it back in and left it all overnight and you woke up the next morning and you found the food was spoiled. That's not the kind of spoil it was talking about. The kind of spoil there in Colossians, when you look it up in the original Greek, amen, has the same thing to do as back in those days when an army went into a city and, uh, and, and cast war against it, and they defeated that city, they took the spoils of war. In other words, when they went into a city and they overcome it, all, uh, all the silver, all the gold, the, uh, the men's wives and their children and everything they had, they would do what was called spoiling them. They would take all of that and become, uh, 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 it would become theirs. They would steal it away. And so the New King James Version says, Beware lest anyone cheat you um, or steal from you or take away from you through philosophy and empty deceit. And how does this go about, he says? It happens by the tradition of men and the principles of men and not after Christ. One of the greatest hindrances to the church today it's when we got to deal with tradition. And I'm going to tell you what, every one of us, we all got our own little particular traditions that, uh, that we're connected to. Amen. I've got my traditions. You've got your traditions. 
we've got things that become normal to us that that are used used to us. But and some traditions are good. Some uh, uh, some are are okay. But there are some traditions that's been made up through dogma and doctrine of man that is not any good, amen, that hinders the, the move of the Spirit of God and the, and the flow of the Spirit and how God moves. You know what I mean? Just like, uh, you know, somebody said, well, well bless God, my, uh, uh, my grandmama uh, 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 believed this way and my daddy and my mama and this one believed that way. That's all fine and good for them, but you've got to stand before God on your own accountability. Hallelujah. Amen. You've got to stand for God for yourself. Amen. And it is bad if somebody asks you what you are and what you believe, and the only thing that you can answer them and the only way you can tell them, well, I mean, that's because I was raised this way. Mama believed this. Daddy believed that. Grandma or somebody else. You know, amen. We need to get back away from that traditional stance and see what thus saith the Word of God is. Because the Bible says, Thy Word is forever settled in heaven, O Lord. It doesn't matter what my tradition may be. Hallelujah. My tradition has nothing to do with anything. Hallelujah. My tradition cannot deliver nobody, neither, neither can yours. Amen. It is the Word of God which is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway. Can somebody say amen? amen. Hallelujah. All right. Having said that, I want to ask the question, what is the oldest philosophy and tradition of men that has been used to cheat us ever since the Council of Nicaea in 325 A.D.? Now, Brother Bobby's been giving you trivia, and I'll give you a little bit of trivia of my own today. We're talking about being beware of traditions of men Amen. That that cheats people, that robs people of the truth and the real things of God. What is the, some of the oldest tradition and philosophy that we've had ever ever since the Council of Nicaea in 325 A.D.? An emperor of Rome by the name of Constantine. I have dealt deeply into this stuff. I've studied it for years. I first became aware of it back when I went to Bible college years ago uh, when I was taught uh, uh, by Brother uh, uh, Ron Ditton. And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt not just what the Bible says but what history proves that from the day of Pentecost, when the church was born, when Peter, after the after they, the 120 was filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, including the mother of Jesus, she was up there. They all was filled with the Holy Ghost. It, the city was filled with visitors coming in for the Feast of Pentecost, they overheard what was going up in that upstairs room and they heard what was going on. And they began to wonder what was going on. And Peter, 
began, he stood up, and he began to explain to them, because they accused him of being drunk. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you what. You ever heard of the expression, being a, being a fly on the wall? Man, I'd love to have been a fly on the wall on the day of Pentecost. Hallelujah. Amen. Just to, just to be there to witness that first outpouring when the church was born. And they said that they said these, these, these people up there are drunk. Amen. Peter stood up and he says, he, he didn't say they wasn't drunk. He said they're not drunk as you suppose. <laughs> Hallelujah. He said, we're not, he said, no, he said, they're not drunk as you suppose. Hallelujah. Paul's Tavern, it's only 9 o'clock in the morning. Paul's Tavern ain't open yet. Brother Bobby said this early. He said, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. That on your handmaids and on your handmaidens, I will pour out my spirit, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And your, and your, uh, your uh, old man should dream dreams and your young man should see visions and, say, and prophesy. Hallelujah. He said, this is that. And then he continued to preach. And then they began to get convicted. And they said, what shall we do? What do we do? Because he told them, he said, he said, y'all guilty of crucifying the Lord of glory. Y'all, y'all sit there and you let it happen. That, they was convicted. He said, what can we do about this? How, how can we change things? And from the first message preached in the first church, on the first day of the church, Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall, not might, not maybe, not, not to be for some and not be for others, but you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to your children's children and to all those who are far off. Hallelujah. I'll, I'll get too far off of a message here, but let me tell you who those far off was. The far off was the Gentile people, you and us. Because at one time, Paul said, we were at one time, we were far off. We were alienated from the house of Israel. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So that day, Peter, hallelujah, gave right for me. Hallelujah. To be filled with the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Amen. To have God in me, the hope of glory. They had 3,000 converts that first day. All 3,000 of them were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And from that day to 325 A.D., under Constantine's rule, that's when they changed. And that was, that was the earliest days of the Roman church, folks. And they changed it all right there. There was an old guy sitting over here by the name of Tertullian. Amen. He's the man who coined the word, amen, Trinity. He's the one who gave that to them, and they put that in their system. Amen. And from that day to this, 90% of the world's been following a tradition and not the Word of God. Hallelujah. Amen. A tradition and not the Word of God. Now, let, let me get on back to my notes because I, I don't want to miss some points here. Hallelujah. This is that tradition that the Godhead is made up of three separate, co-equal, co-eternal uh, persons of which t- 
takes away from the monotheistic principle of the Word which declares, and we talked about this the last time in Deuteronomy, it's the foundation of Judaism. And uh, he's, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is what? One Lord. Hallelujah. Now, here's, here's the difference, folks. I do not dispute the fact of the number three in the nature of God. Hallelujah. That's why I tell people, no, I'm not Jesus only. I'm Jesus everything. I believe in Father. I believe in Son. And I believe in the Holy Ghost. But the way that you relate it is the difference. Hallelujah. The way that you relate it. I believe in the relationship of God that there's three. But three what? Three persons? No. There are three positions, three modes, three offices, if you will, held by the one and the same God. God was Father in creation. Hallelujah. He was Son in redemption. And the Holy Spirit in regeneration. Can I get an amen there? Let me give you an example. And I know this example here is old as the hills. And those of you who's been a part of Pentecost, I know, I know this has been worn out. But this is really uh, to bring it just as simple as you can for people who don't un- uh, understand. Uh, just as simple as that, you, that you can get. I, um, I don't have uh, my, my, my checkbook with me, uh, but uh, my checkbook, uh, and as those of you, you, uh, you, have, you have your checkbook, all right, everybody, you know, you, you know, knows my name. And I opened up account. My account's put in my name. Now, when I talk about three positions, we get one God. And not on June the 15th, 1972, Sister Darlene and I uh, were married. And uh, we, ju- we just recently celebrated our 40th anniversary. Uh, we appreciate those of you in the church who um, uh, put in help. We enjoyed ourselves tremendously at Niagara Falls. As a matter of fact, she brought a package of pictures today to show on the sun. Uh, beautiful. And uh, uh, even got to see that uh, see that tightrope that they stretch across there and that guy, crazy guy, walked across that tightrope. <laughs> Amen. But on, on June uh, the 15th, 1972, uh, uh, Sammy Pruitt became a husband. That was a title, that was a position. Other ways you can call it that I become, okay? Uh, I was born uh, September 22nd, 1954, uh, from my dad, Samuel Pruitt, and Ola May uh, Pruitt, my, my parents, and I was born as their son. It's a position that I helped then, and even though they're passed on and gone on to be of glory to be of the Lord today, I'm still a son. 
Okay. January 1977, our first child was born. Huh? 75. 77 was the last one. 75, excuse me. I messed up already. Cassie was born. I became a father. So I correctly hold a position of being a son, being a husband, and being a father. But if I was to write you a check for a thousand dollars, there'd be two reasons why that check wouldn't be no good. If I was, if I was, to, first of all, uh, <laughs> uh, you'd be lucky to get that out of there. But let's say I wrote a check for a thousand dollars, and on that check, I wrote husband down there on, on the signature line, or I wrote son, or I wrote father check would not be no good. And like I said, I know I realize that, that illustration is old as the hills and everybody, everybody that's been in Pentecost for any time understand, understands that. But if you think about it, that is so plain. Even though I'm a son, I'm a father, I'm a husband, I'm a pastor, a few other things I've been called, I won't repeat. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I still got a name. And all the authority that I have for anything that I possess comes under my name. It comes through my name. My legal name. Everything that I have, it comes under that name. That's what this is with Jesus. God being a spirit. As I told you the first lesson, the word of the Bible teaches that God is a spirit. And being a spirit, the word of God said he is invisible. Jesus told him after he resurrected and came in one time, he said, he said, come, you know, they were scared of him. They thought he was a spirit. He said, come see me, touch me, feel me. He said, a spirit have not flesh and bone as you see me have. A spirit don't have a body. God in the beginning, as creator and father, he's a spirit being. It wasn't to Bethlehem that he spoke, and I'm getting ahead of myself now, amen, and there was a body created for that spirit to enter how many follow who I'm talking about? Hallelujah. Amen. So he's Father in, uh, uh, in uh, creation, Son in redemption, came to give his life as a ransom for all the world. Hallelujah. And then the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit in the church age or in, in, in regeneration, it's one in the same God, not three different gods. That's all apostolic people say, that there's not three there's only one. And Jesus is that one. Hallelujah. Let me move on. Glory to His name. Now those who hold the philosophy of three persons are forced to accept the belief in three beings all claiming to be God or the each one making up one-third of the Godhead. If you got the Father and you got the Son and you got the Holy Ghost, each one being one-third. That is not correct. Father, the Father God is not one-third. Jesus is not a third. The Holy Ghost is not a third. They're each, the Bible calls each of them, all God on their own merit in their own right. The Bible declares that the fullness of the Godhead is in Jesus 
Christ. Let's go back to, to, to the beginning Scripture. says, talking about Jesus now in Colossians 2 and 9, For in Him, that's in Jesus, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Him dwells all the fullness. Meaning that the person of Jesus Christ resides in the person of Jesus Christ, resides the total nature of the Godhead. It's all in Him. Hallelujah. It's all in Him. Another scripture in Colossians chapter 1, verse 17 through 19 says, And He is before all things, and by Him all things consist. And He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in, in all things He might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in Him should all fullness dwell. You remember the scripture I gave you last time? Remember uh, at the baptism of Jesus, there was a voice spoke out from heaven when Jesus was baptized, and it says, Thou art my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Hallelujah. That's what Colossians meant. It said, It pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. Now, the only summary that we can devise from this is that Jesus Christ is not in the Godhead, as some people say, but the Godhead is in Jesus. And I need to get a response there. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Jesus Christ is not in the Godhead as a member, but the Godhead is in Him. In Him dwell all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Hallelujah. Amen. I, I looked at the, the fullness, amen, to the, uh, to the Greek, and it said the sum total. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The sum total. Everything the Father is is in Jesus. Everything Jesus the Son is is in Him. Everything the Holy Ghost is in Him. It is all in Him. Somebody clap your hands unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Matter of fact, I don't remember who wrote the book, but there's a book out. Uh, 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 the, the title of the book is it's that title. It says, The Godhead. Jesus is not in the Godhead, but the Godhead's in Jesus. I, I read that book years ago. I can't remember who wrote it. Let's talk a little bit about the Word made flesh. The Word made flesh. We're going to go to John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. This is how it reads. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. Now, John here in his gospel uses a phrase that no other uh, biblical uh, New Testament writer used in reference to the Lord, to Jesus, and he says the Word. In the beginning was the Word. He used that, that same illustration of Jesus uh, 
later on, and um, we'll, we'll get to that. But I want you to go down to verse 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John chapter 1 and 14. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, I don't want to get real technical, um, but i got to break it down here just briefly. The Greek equivalent in the beginning was the word. The Greek word there is logos. It's the Greek rendering. It's, it's logos. That's what it is in the, in, in the original. In the beginning was the logos. All right. And it refers to divine reason and wisdom. Not a person, but divine wisdom and reason. And you can say it like this, the Word was God's thought made audible. God's thought made audible. Now, I want to take you to one that I referred to a while ago. First John, chapter 5 and verse 7. For there are three that bear record in heaven. I told you a while ago, I did not do not deny, neither do apostolic people deny the existence of three. But three what is the question? There are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, the Holy Ghost. And I'm not going to do like what some people do. There, I, have, I have been preached at over the radio by men who knew me and have heard me preached. And they got up on the radio and they said I was preaching false doctrine because that I preached Jesus being God. And, and they said we know that there's three. And they quoted on the radio. And, I will, and I'm not going to try to hurt this man whatsoever, even though he did everything to stomp all over me. I'm going to show a little bit better grace than that because uh, some of you would know him if you heard him. But he, he said, let me take you to John 5, John, uh, 1 John 5 and 7, and he says, for there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And he stopped there and he didn't read no more. He, this is the word he said, see there, I just proved to you that there's three. But I'm not going to do what he did. I'm going to read it all. And these three are one. These three are one. But you notice he didn't say the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. He said the Father, the Word. You see, in eternity past, in eternity past, Christ dwelt with the Father in the mind and the wisdom of God. There was an image there. And when He spoke, it was a creative word because that word, I read to you that Jesus, the Bible said that by Him all things exist. The way that come about is the Bible says, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. Everything the Word gave forth, Brother Paul, it happened. 
A little over 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem, there was a little virgin girl by the name of Mary. She was pure, never been with a man. along with her parents, kept all the law of Moses as required by them. That same word spoke into the womb of Mary. That same creative word. And he spoke in Mary's womb. Not by fleshly man, not by lust, not by the will of man. But that creative word spoke in Mary's womb and created a body for him to come down and enter. And that body, that baby, that child that was created in the womb of Mary became known as the Son of God. As a man, he was tempted in all points as we were tempted, but yet he was without sin. As a man, I I think I may have told you this the last time, I don't know, but when he got word that his best friend Lazarus was dead, as a man, when they asked him, where have you laid him? When he got there and Mary and Martha and all of them was crying, they was running to him and said, Lord, if you had only been here, our brother had not, would not have died. And as a man, Jesus looked and he saw them weeping. He saw the tomb. And the shortest verse, Brother Bobby, in the Bible, Jesus wept. As a man, he cried. But he was more than a man. Because as the Creator, the mighty God, he told them and said, Roll away the stone. Oh, Lord, he's been dead four days. He's stinking by now. He's stinking. He says, did not I tell you that I am the resurrection and the life? Hallelujah. Last, last time in the Old Testament, I read you the scripture where Jehovah says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. Uh, Omega in the book of Isaiah. And John the Revelator saw Jesus on the Isle of Patmos and Jesus says, I am the Alpha. And how many first and last can you have? They're one and the same. Jesus said, I and my Father are one. As a man, he cried because Lazarus had died. But as God, he said, Lazarus, come forth. Hallelujah. And he that was bound with grave clothes came out. I often say this, and I believe it's true. If he hadn't specified Lazarus by name, every dead person in that in that graveyard would have come out of there. Glory to God. Because in him was life, and the life was the light of man. Somebody praise the Lord right now. Hallelujah! The Word, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost in these three are one. 
God and the Word, which was God's wisdom and reason, were one in eternity past. The Word with creative power spoke the universe into existence. And that same creative Word spoke in the womb of Mary to create a body for God Himself to dwell. And the results was the Son of God. 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. Hallelujah. I'm going to wind it down for today. And without controversy. There, there shouldn't be no controversy over this, folks. There shouldn't be no disagreement. There shouldn't be no argument because the Word of God is plain. Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the Spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. That word manifest means to be made known, to made visible. God was made known. Hallelujah. The invisible became visible. Hallelujah. Glory to God. In the book of Hebrews, he said, He is the image of the invisible God. Oh, hallelujah. Thank God that you know who He is today. One more scripture and I will close. Uh, Cassie, there's a songbook up here. I want you to get that songbook. I want you to be looking up that song. We're going to end up with that song. It's all in Him. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19. To wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto Himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and have committed unto us the word of reconciliation. That, in a nutshell, is what we're talking about. God was in Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. God created Himself a body of human flesh. He's, his holiness is so great and so powerful. Let me ask you a question. Do you think that God Himself could literally materialize in here right now without every one of us being instantly falling over dead? That body was a veil that God put on to protect us. How many remembers when Moses went up to the mountain those 40 days? You remember when he came back? His face literally shone and glowed. And Moses had to cover his face because everybody else couldn't stand to look on the face of Moses because Moses had been in the presence of God. Hallelujah. Jesus, that, that body of Christ was, was a veil to cover that fullness of the Godhead. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit so he could walk among us, so he can be be with us. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And guess what? Guess what? If all the fullness of the Godhead bodily dwelt in Jesus, as the Scriptures declare that I read to you today, and then you receive Christ into your heart and your life, you've got through the, through the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you've got that same fullness. That's how come, that's how come that we can pray and we can, and we, and, and we can through the same way, through, through the leadership of the Holy Ghost, we can call those things that are not as though they are. Do you know that? 
we don't realize the innate power that we have through the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I, I have seen, I have seen blind men healed in my lifetime. I could stand up here and I could tell you, I, I, I was in service one night where a, a, a little girl who was born with one leg that much shorter than the other, I seen them set that precious child, a little bit younger than Sydney, up on the platform and put, put those legs together in, in another chair facing it. And through the power of the Holy Ghost and this name of Jesus that I'm talking I literally have seen that leg come forth like that to where they, was, they were equal. Hallelujah. When she left there that night, she had one shoe built up that much. She had to take that one off and carry it with her because she couldn't walk with it no more because the great I Am was manifested and made her whole. Man can't do that. God can. God can. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. You got that ready. Hallelujah. Let's everybody stand.